Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. I read from John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple to whom she loved and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. And he did not go in. Then Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scriptures, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood outside, weeping at the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been laying, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went out and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, He has said these things to her. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's try that again. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I know it's early. It's hard to say that really loud. But I cannot tell you how happy I am to share this greeting with you all this day. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. For six weeks we have been on this journey together. Six weeks of fasting from these words. Fasting so that this moment, this holy moment that we experience here this morning as we gather in worship of the risen Christ can be all that more satisfying. I find myself very overwhelmed with emotions this morning. Perhaps it's the, I think, three hours of sleep that I got last night or the fact that I, the coffee pot wasn't working over in Luther Hall so I have no coffee in me. But my hunch is that this feeling is something more than just lack of sleep or lack of caffeine. 
the past seven years I have read this gospel from John at either a vigil on Easter sunrise. And every time I get to that line where Jesus calls Mary by her first name, a wave of emotion comes over me. Last year, Heather came up to me after our sunrise service and asked if, if I was indeed crying. And, and the answer is yes. I have seen my Lord wash the feet of his disciples. I, have, I saw him handed over to the cross. And then this morning, we have met him at the tomb. And he is not here. I completely understand why Mary is so struck with grief. She came in the early morning before dawn to mourn the loss of her dear teacher. She comes expecting to find everything as she last seen it. She comes to the garden alone, but the stone has been rolled away. It is still dark, so she can't see anything inside the tomb. She runs back and gets Peter and John. By that time, the sun had begun to rise, and they can see inside the tomb. See inside that Jesus' body is gone. They see his linen wrappings folded, but the linen wrapping used to cover his face was not lined with the other linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. A a fury of thoughts are running through their minds. Grave robbing was a troublesome crime at the time. There was an imperial edict against it. It would have been natural for the disciples to conclude that someone had indeed stolen the body of Jesus. Don tells us that the two disciples seen the clothes They see the clothes lying in the tomb. The beloved disciple sees and believes. But what exactly does he believe? That Jesus' body had been stolen? The other disciple has said, uh, Peter has said not to believe. What doesn't he believe? Peter is probably thinking that indeed Jesus' body could not have been stolen. Because why would grave robbers take the time to fold the linen wrappings? They both leave the tomb more confused than when they first came. And they leave Mary behind. She left behind to mourn the loss of her teacher's body and his death. Not only have they killed him, but they have taken away his body to do whatever God knows to it. She is left outside the tomb weeping when she sees two angels in the tomb. The same word in Greek used here that was used for the disciples seeing the linen wrapping. She sees these two men. It's very much a physical scene. Her eyes are telling her that two men are inside the tomb that she does not recognize. She still believes that someone has taken the body, but the angels do not tell her what is going on. They only point out her weeping. Woman, why are you weeping? Then Jesus immediately comes in the scene quickly after the angels ask this question. It's almost too much for Mary to take in. John says that Mary sees Jesus, but her eyes deceive her. She believes she is seeing the gardener. She says, woman, why are you weeping? Now, if I would have been Mary, I probably would have given some, some smart mouth reply to Jesus the second time that question was asked. You know, I can't find Jesus' body. We left him right here on Friday night. Peter and John are completely useless. They, they left me here in the garden. I'm crying my eyes out. And then two guys are hanging out in this tomb, which is a little weird. And they're asking me why I'm weeping. And now you show up and ask me the same thing. I'm in a cemetery. What do you think I'm doing here? Playing bingo? And that's what I would have said to Mary. Thankfully, Mary is not me. Mary, unsure what is happening, says to Jesus, Sir, if... If you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. She is still trying to process things in terms of human experience. All she wants is her Lord's body. 
All she wants to do is mourn his loss. She wants one last chance to be alone with him. Then he calls her by name. He says, Mary, and instantly she recognizes him. She beholds a man she has been wanting to see this entire time. He is alive, breathing, and not dead anymore. She says, Rabboni, which means my rabbi. It's not just rabbi, but my rabbi. It's a very personal moment, and she wants to hold on to Jesus. She wants things to go back to the way things used to be. But Jesus says, no, we can't go back. You, Mary, have a task to do. Father James Martin wrote in a tweet a couple years ago, between the time Mary Magdalene met the risen Christ, Christ at Easter, and when she announced his resurrection to the disciples, Mary Magdalene was the church on earth, for only to her have been revealed the paschal mystery. Any discussion of women in the church begins with this. At the start of this new week, this new day, this new beginning, Jesus establishes his church, and the first member, the first preacher, is Mary. He tells her to go and tell the others not only what she has seen, but more importantly, what she has heard. She believes because Jesus spoke to her. The word made flesh, called her by name, and her faith was kindled. She was made ready to burn with the passion and zeal that Christians have because of this morning. And she goes back to the group and tells them. She tells them that I have seen the Lord. She does the work of the church. She does the work of the pastor. She started the work of the church with one simple phrase, I have seen the Lord. From there, 2,000 years of faithful preaching and sacramental ministry has been done by those who gather on this day. The church's main and holy focus is, holy, is rooted firmly in these five simple words, I have seen the Lord. These five words started a whole new mission for the followers of Jesus. Mary came to the tomb weeping that her Lord had died. Now she's an evangelist, a pastor, a believer. Such a humble beginning, a time that I sometimes nostalgically long to return to as a church. I especially long to return to these more simple times, these more humble beginnings when I'm sitting in a meeting that I don't want to be in or dealing with a furnace or a sea issue or some other kind of crazy plumbing problem that always seems to pop up at the most inopportune time. I think in some ways we can have this simple time once again. We can focus all of our attention on only those things that point us to Christ. We can let these, those things in our church and in our personal lives which have been holding us back from experiencing this new day which have been holding us back from pointing to Christ. Things in our whole, our whole life that we've been holding on to. We can let these things die. Because we, a follower of God, because we follow a God who knows how to bring the dead back to life and transform them into a new state of being. We are a people of resurrection. Yet we remain weeping for the way things used to be. We no longer need to weep. Death brings resurrection. What needs to die in your life? What needs to die in our church? God resurrects the dead. It's not the task of the church to remain in the garden and weep for what used to be. It is not the task of the church to hold on to the old Jesus. Hold on to the way things used to be. Lent is over, my brothers and sisters. And today is a new day. And you are invited to wipe the tears away, to live in God's new resurrected reality. 
and proclaim the good news that is, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.